Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Well, hello, everyone. Hi. I want to apologize in advance. My neighbors are outside being very loud. I hope my microphone does not pick them up. However, they were just blaring shares. Do you believe in life after love? Which, you know, great song, but I I don't really understand why they're blaring it in the parking lot. Uh, a crazy thing happened in my neighborhood last week is that someone got murdered about 14 feet from my bedroom. So that was crazy. Um, two people were shot and one of them died. My apartment complex hasn't like sent out a little note about it or anything. Huh. What an uplifting way for me to start the podcast. So, first of all, let's just put it out on the table. I'm fucking obsessed with Young and Pregnant. Young and Pregnant is love. Young and Pregnant is life. Young and Pregnant is my new favorite show. That means I was wrong. I was 100% wrong, and I'm willing to admit that because I'm a, I'm a big person. I mean, I'm fat, but also, like, I, I have a lot of uh, moral fiber, and I can admit when I was wrong. And you know what? I thought I didn't want to watch Young and Pregnant, but I loved it, especially after OG, because OG was horrific this week. Like, I don't think there's ever been a worse episode of Teen Mom, ever. It was so fucking boring. The only good part was Amber, not Amber Portwood, you know, the main character of the show, but Amber Baltiera, sister of Tyler, who is a hot fucking mess. But why were we getting individual scenes of Amber Baltiera? Who who asked for that? I mean, I didn't. They were entertaining. But why did we get that? Also, how the fuck are you not going to play Mackenzie and Ryan MTV? What are we doing here if we're getting no Mackenzie and Ryan scenes? How could your episode where you fire Farah be so boring? I'm not not pleased with it. Uh, what has happened in this last week? Chelsea and Cole are pregnant. They're expecting a baby girl. I do want to say I was right about that because last week when I had Jesse on and we recapped early Teen Mom 2, I declared that Chelsea was pregnant. And, you know, I was right. Because when I declare things, I'm right, except if it's about young and pregnant. (laughs) So congrats to Chelsea and Cole. I am pretty positive they're going to name their baby Sailor, a la Kristen Cavallari and Bristol Palin. Another strong contender is Sawyer. I keep seeing people say that she wants to, that she'll want to keep the old, like the old name trend continuing because she named her other baby Watson. And I want to know why the fuck you idiots think that that's an old name. Just, I'm coming in hot. I'm just kidding. You guys are not idiots. But Watson is not an old person name. Watson is a last name that she's using as a first name. You guys just think it's an old person name because of Sherlock Holmes. And Watson was not his first name. (laughs) Watson's not an old man name. It's not a first name. It's a repurposed last name. I'm being really aggressive. 
I drank 20 ounces of Red Bull. I'm back on Red Bull. You know, I didn't have an energy drink for like three years because I knew once I started, I'd be addicted to them. And now I'm drinking them all the time. I drank 20 ounces of it and I could fall asleep right now. So it's not keeping me up. It's just making me aggressive, which is the worst combination of things. Like the worst combination of things. Anyway, congrats to Chelsea and Cole. I am, I'm genuinely happy for them. Do I want them on Team Mom? No. But do I think they're fine people who deserve happiness? I do. Okay, Marriage Boot Camp. I am watching and liking Marriage Boot Camp. Now, the thing is, I don't think Matt and Amber are even my favorite part of it. I'm somebody that fucking loves the show Mob Wives. Mob Wives is everything to me. That show is one of the funniest reality TV shows to ever exist. Ever. Uh, so I am so here for the Grazianos. Renee, her sister Jen, who is the producer of Mob Wives, and I believe also producer on Jersey Shore, and then their other sister, Lana, who I didn't know exists, but she looks like Renee's identical twin. Now, they keep saying Lana was going to go to prison, but will not tell us what she was going to go to prison for, which personally offends me. What are we doing here if we're not detailing arrest records? I don't know. Anyway, love the Grazianos on this. Love it. Brandy and her dad, are they having sex? Are Brandy and her father having sex? Why do all of their issues revolve around sex? I am uncomfortable with it. Why does Brandy care if her dad sold pot? They lived in California in the 70s and 80s. Who gives a fuck if her dad sold pot? She's like, he he grew pot in the backyard and I think he's a drug dealer. Like, yeah, Brandy, probably. Why do you care? It's a very weird thing to harp on, in my opinion. And it seems like her number one issue with her father. I don't truly get it. Now, if she thought he had a substance abuse problem revolving around weed, totally legitimate. Let's talk about that. But I think Brandy and her dad have sex. I'm willing to be on the record as saying Brandy and her dad have sex. Because there's just something not right about their storyline. But I do enjoy Brandy in this. Especially because so far, she's like almost a side character. She's really not one of the main features I've noticed. She's not giving a lot of drama. And Brandy Glanville is enjoyable to me when she's kind of just, like, in the background, like, making fun of people. That's really where a Brandy shines, which is why on her first couple seasons of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she was so funny because she wasn't so much a main character. She was, like, a Lisa Vanderpump side character. She would just talk shit and make fun of people, and we all loved it. And it's when she positioned herself against Vanderpump and really moved to the center stage of the show that we were all like, okay, Brandy, bye, we're not interested in you anymore. I also really like to watch The Jones Family. I think I've talked about this on here before. I don't watch Love and Hip Hop at all. I don't watch... I watched the first season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, but I just... It's just a reality franchise that I never really got into, but they're bringing it. Now, let's get into what's going on with Amber and Matt. This week, Amber claims that Matt hits her. Okay. Do I believe this? I'm going to be honest. I don't really believe that Matt hits Amber. I just don't. I think if he hits her, it's in retaliation to her hitting him. He just, I just don't think that's what he's doing. Now, Amber also said that Matt will like punch himself in the face, throw himself down the stairs, take pictures of it, and say he'll call the cops and say that Amber was hitting him. 
that I believe 100%. Like, that so tracks for me. Honestly, I really miss Matt on TV. I think he is an incredible TV villain. He's not doing that great on this show. Um, He really is aware of the cameras and just not giving them what they want. And it's pissing everybody off, but especially pissing Amber off, which I love. Matt is a fucking crazy sociopath. And watching him being able to stay completely calm, why Amber, like, is literally so angry and screaming so loud that her whole body is about to, like, combust is, it's mind-blowing to me. Sorry, my birth control alarm just went off. Anyway, I, I, re- I like Marriage Boot Camp. I'm happy with Marriage Boot Camp. Am I going to recap it on this show? No, but... It's honestly also not really a recap type of show for me, but I'm really, I just think it's fun. I just think it's fun to watch. I do want to touch on Amber flipping out in the first episode. So if you guys watched, Jim Jones, who's a rapper, says something when they're all together about reality TV being fake, and Amber loses her goddamn mind. She starts screaming How dare you say it's fake? Why are you calling my show fake? Why are you calling me fake? And everybody's like, what the fuck is this bitch on? Everybody is so confused as to why she's flipping out. Doesn't, they don't have any clue like what, what's going on at all. And to me, it's pretty obvious what's going on. One, the show that Love and Hip Hop is a lot faker than Teen Mom. Teen Mom is also very fake, but Love and Hip Hop is what, more scripted and led than Teen Mom is. Not that, not that Teen Mom isn't scripted and led, but Love and Hip Hop, like, completely makes up storylines, which Teen Mom doesn't do as much. So, yeah, Love and Hip Hop, the show he was on and the shows he were on, was a little faker. But I really think that Amber has such low self-esteem and the only thing Amber's ever done in her life, essentially, is Teen Mom and go to prison. You know, she's had really no part in raising Leah whatsoever. I think she's had one job, which was before MTV came around, which was working at Burger King for a little bit. She has done almost nothing in this world but Teen Mom. So, when Jim Jones says, yeah, fucking reality TV is fake, every other adult that's sitting in that room kind of nods their head in agreement. They understand that they go on these shows to make money, to get publicity, but they're not, like, showing a real and accurate version of their lives. To Amber, and they get this because they have had jobs, they have friends, they have hobbies, they raise children, they put stuff out in the world. And their reality TV show is not their main identity in their lives. But for Amber, who has no friends, no hobbies, never had a probably has had one job in her life outside of MTV. Teen Mom is her. That's the only thing she's ever given to this world. It's the only productive thing she's ever done in her entire life. So when you call it fake, you're directly calling Amber fake. And she can't handle that. It's, to me, that was pretty interesting. But Amber is a nut job. And everybody hates her on the show, which I love to watch. Except Renee Graziano is like, I see myself in Amber. That's not how Renee talks. Renee talks a lot, even lower than me, and is, has a very guttural voice. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm i all on board on marriage boot camp. Although, the doctors are, like, so annoying for me to watch. Like, I love how they pretend 
Like, they're legitimate. <laughs> it's weird and pathetic. Okay, so on to this week's episode of OG. That was so incredibly boring. I, I can't. I can't even believe it. I'm going to quickly recap it because I'm going to recap Young and Pregnant. Although I'm not sure if I'm going to go scene by scene in Young and Pregnant or we're going to do first impressions. And here's the deal. I'm not 100% sure how I want to do this going forward. I would love to hear feedback from you guys if you want me. Here's the reality. I'm probably not going to be recapping both shows. I, I discussed this on here. It's just, it's too much. Like, Unfortunately, I have a full-time job. I work 45 hours a week. I have friends. I have meetings. I have things in my life. And I just don't know if I can commit to two shows a week. It takes, you know, that's a whole extra hour of taking notes. It's an extra hour of rewatching the episode. It's basically an extra hour of recording this podcast. It's extra editing. It's not that it's, like, so, so hard to do, but it's just... I don't know how reasonable it is for me to sit here and be like, well, now I'm going to recap each of these shows because I think we have at least like three or four weeks left of OG, which I I don't know how we have three or four weeks left of OG, but apparently we do because they're not advertising this coming week as a season finale. I don't know. But I just, if I'm being honest, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to recap both. So I might... If OG stays this bad, I might stick to Young and Pregnant and recapping Young and Pregnant and just touch on OG each week and kind of quickly run through the characters, what's happening with them, my impressions on them. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Please let me guys, please let me know how you'd want me to do it. Come contact me on the Facebook group. Feel free to make a Facebook group post. Or you can tweet at me, EBP underscore feathers, and let me know your thoughts and feelings. So, let's start with Caitlin. Caitlin is in treatment. Congrats to Caitlin. She is at, in Arizona, we see Tyler at his hotel, and he calls Kim and basically lets Kim know that everything's okay, and Kim tells him not to get bit by Scorpio, and she means scorpion. So, we see a lot of Amber's sister this week. Excuse me. Tyler's sister this week. Amber. Amber apparently is addicted to Adderall. Okay. Interesting. Um, Tyler hates Amber. (laughs) Have you guys noticed? He looks at Amber with such a level of disgust and disdain every time she's on the show. (laughs) Every time she comes into screen, Tyler's like plotting how he's going to murder her. We meet Amber's boyfriend, not husband yet, boyfriend named Billy. And surprise, Billy just got out of jail and he's on an ankle monitor. And basically, we find out that Amber wants to marry Billy and they want to have kids. Bitch apparently wrote a letter to Amber while he was in rehab and said that he wanted her to go. And everybody's like, okay, so why didn't you go to rehab too? And Amber's like, because I took it as a challenge. You guys said I should go to rehab for Adderall. Well, I'm going to show you, like, I'm going to quit Adderall. But I'm under the impression that she did not quit Adderall. (laughs) She's talking about wanting to quit Adderall, but yet she does not quit Adderall. She, you know, lets the family know she's going to get pregnant or she's going to get married and have a baby. And it's okay because she'll be doing it, like, in the right legal order. 
And Kim, Tyler's mom, is like, what the fuck? I, I don't give a fuck about the legal order. Like, what? No, get clean for a year. Like, what are you talking about? And Amber's like, okay, okay, but I'm still not going to use condoms, though. Oh, we get a scene of Tyler talking to Amber, and she's like, you just don't like Billy because he's not rich. And he's like, well, I mean, yeah, like, I want you to be with a guy who, you know, has a job and a car. <laughs> and then Kim, excuse me, then Amber says something like, if Billy was some slumdog millionaire type of guy, I have literally no idea what she meant by that. Yes, I understand. I I loved the movie Slumdog Millionaire when it came out. What year was that? I was, oh my God, I remember the apartment I was living in. So that must have been like 2009. I haven't really watched it since. It's probably aged problematically, like all the movies that I really enjoyed that haven't come out in the last year. But I does she mean... If the guy was rich, but the guy in Slumdog Millionaire isn't rich, he just wins who wants to be a millionaire because he happens to know all the answers because of these crazy circumstances in life. Is that is that what she's talking about? I love that Amber Baltier's like cultural reference point for somebody being rich is to call them a Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> It's just, it's just so, so weird. It's like, remember S-Town, the, the friend that loved Brokeback Mountain and watched the movie every day? John's friend. Oh, oh, now I'm going to start crying. God, I loved S-Town. Did you guys like S-Town? <laughs> if you didn't listen to S-Town yet, you should listen to it. Anyway, back to Teen Mom. Kim tells us that she texts Kate every day between 4.30 and 5.30 and that she prays for her every morning as she's driving, driving to work. And she's very concerned for Tyler. And Tyler is basically just writing it off like, Ma, I'm fine. I'm fine. This won't be hard. And we get a FaceTime from Kate. She's happy. She's seen doctors. She's doing a lot better. And Nova has a meltdown because she wants to see Mommy. She can't see Mommy. They FaceTime Caitlin asked her to draw her a picture, and then she has a meltdown that she can't give it to Kate. Which was, like, it was sad. It was sad to watch. Nova's still two years old, I think, and maybe she just turned three this January. And does not, you know, she just doesn't understand why Kate's away. It, it's, it's definitely sad and upsetting to watch, but that's a reality. Kate has to go away to take care of herself. And... That was it for this week. I know a lot of people were touched with this segment and cried when Nova was crying, but I didn't feel emotionally connected to it at all. When Nova was crying, I was like, oh, that's sad. Really, I think this entire episode of OG, I felt very emotionally disconnected. And I don't think it was on me because I watched Young and Pregnant immediately afterwards and was like so fucking into it. Like I was high on how much I loved Young and Pregnant. So, you know... It was, it was boring. I hope we see Kate in treatment next week. Supposedly they filmed her in treatment. But here's my thing, like, even if we see her film, there's not going to be that much to show. Like, treatment is boring. You know, like, it, it's not going to be very, there's not going to be that much usable footage of Caitlin in treatment. So, 
We shall see what happens next week, but I really can't handle Tyler being a main character. And as entertaining as Amber was, I really, I can't have Tyler's sister getting her own scenes. It's against my religion. It just is. So let's go to Amber. By the way, I think at the beginning, I forgot to talk about this with Marriage Boot Camp. Everybody is asking me if Amber's mom is an alcoholic. I don't know. <laughs> like if I don't know I don't know if Amber's mom is an alcoholic I don't have any inside information on Amber's mom have I been saying for years that I think Amber's an alcoholic Amber's mom is an alcoholic yes why does she slur I don't know I think Amber's mom drinks a lot and takes a lot of Xanax I multiple people have asked me if she has a speech impediment guys I know a lot about teen mom but I don't know if Amber's mom has a speech impediment <laughs> It's not something that I personally know. I know a lot of random facts about this show. I know I have a PhD in Teen Mom, but that's one that I don't know. I'm laughing because somebody literally just texted me asking, and no joke, at least 15 people on the Facebook group have like tagged me being like, does Amber's mom have a speech impediment? Guys, I I don't have an answer. (laughs) I think she just drinks a lot and takes a lot of Xanax. They have to subtitle everything she says on this show. On Marriage Boot Camp. She is... I think she's just a drunk. I've always thought that. But they've actually never come out and said, like, Amber's mom is an alcoholic. They've called Amber's dad an alcoholic. And he died of his... uh, Not his disease, but complications resulting from his disease. He had cirrhosis of the liver and died from it, unfortunately. But they've never straight up been like, Amber's mom is an alcoholic. Okay. Amber Portwood got about 14 seconds of airtime this episode. I cannot stand the intense Gary screen time. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind Gary. And I per- I like Christina. But I they're not Ryan and Mackenzie. They're just not. They're not very compelling to watch. I don't know why people like... People want Amber off the show and have Gary and Christina to have all our screen time. And those people are insane to me. I want crazy off the wall Amber. I want Matt and Amber back together, basically. Amber has been so fucking boring this season that they have to show Gary scenes. Like, ugh. Ugh. I just, I don't care that much about him because he has his shit together. Christina has her shit together. Gary's mom is interesting, but... Not interesting enough for the entire episode to center around her. I think Amber is probably refusing to film a lot because she's pregnant and doesn't feel well. And she's just telling them she's pregnant and doesn't feel well. And also she's just like very calm and mellow and not giving them anything. So we find out Gary and Jody's DNA test came back and Jody is not the father. Which is upsetting. Like, I feel bad for Gary because his whole life he, he thought Jody was his biological father. And they let Jody know. And, you know, Jody's upset about it, but they need to have an honest conversation with Carol. And the three of them get together at a diner to have a conversation. And did you guys all notice the ribbons Carol was wearing in her hair? Like, literal wrapping paper ribbons. I wonder if that day was, like, their work Christmas party. <laughs> Which is why she was dressed like that. I hope that's why she was dressed like that. (laughs) Because if not, 
I feel wildly confused as to what was going on. Amber says something so weird, which is the producer asks about, like, whose idea painting the nursery world-themed was, and she says, it was Babe's idea. I'm sorry, that's fucking weird. I am all, you call your significant other Babe, sure, totally great. Hey, Babe, love you, Babe. I'm all on board with that. But to say it like it's their name to somebody else is so weird. It's the same thing she does with Boo Boo. Oh, I hate it. I wonder what she's going to call this new baby. But to say to someone like, oh, it was Babe's idea? Like, his name isn't Babe. <laughs> I, I've never, like, called a significant other Babe to somebody else. It's, ugh, Amber's just so weird. We also find out Amber says her spirit animal is a sloth, which I relate to and I think we all already knew. So when Jody and Gary are confronting Carol, Jody starts crying and Carol doesn't give a fuck. She's like, sorry. <laughs> she comes off as so cold and heartless. Like she truly does not care. He truly doesn't care at all. Not at all. Uh, Gary asks if it's like one specific guy or if there could be like 10 guys and Carol says it is just one. So I guess we are going to go on that journey. I guess. Here's the deal. I'm officially protesting this week's episode of OG because we had to watch an entire episode of Macy preparing to go on Naked and Afraid. I don't care. I don't like that show. <laughs> that is not a show that I'm interested in watching. I don't want to hear about it. I'm not going to watch Macy's episode unless something fucking crazy happens. Then I'll watch the clip of it. Watching her prepare in the in the woods, and I'm using woods loosely, I mean her backyard, was so boring. Where the fuck were Macy and, or Mackenzie and Ryan? Where were they? Where were they? The only interesting scene out of her segments was when she talked to Bentley. And she talks about him being able to lean on himself and she's like well remember before t-money moved in and i was like wow that's really embarrassing that you just said t-money out loud and you should go repent for that because that's horrific that is t-money is the most deeply upsetting nickname to me it's it's just stupid it's stupid um and she's like you know it was just me and you on our own and i'm also like when was it just you and bentley on your own before T-Money, she lived with Kyle King or she lived with her friends. I don't remember a time that Macy was ever on her own with Bentley, but okay, we'll pretend like this is the reality. <laughs> we also, but it was cute and inspiring and she was telling Bentley that he needs to lean on his own and, you know, do things on his own and that it's great to have people around you and people support you, but... If you can't rely on yourself, like, then you're not going to get anywhere in life. And I thought that was a really good message. And Macy is one of the few moms, the only moms? The, mm, mm, I think the only one. Actually, you know who else says this? Leah. Not Kale, not Chelsea. Chelsea, definitely not. Not, well, we know Janelle doesn't do it. 
definitely not Farah, definitely not Amber. And Kate Nova's still pretty young. But I can't see any of the other moms except Leah having this type of conversation with their kid. Um, you know, no matter how bored I get with Macy, I'm never going to take away from the fact that Macy is by far the best mom on this show. She gives a shit about her kids and not just gives a shit about her kids, but she, you can tell, like, genuinely is with them every single day, most of the day, like, is involved in their lives, coaches their teams. There's, she's just a mom, you know? And to an extent that I don't think, I don't know if any of the other women on this show are. And I just can't see any of the other moms having the type of relationship with their kid where they can have that conversation genuinely. I don't know. Maybe Amber would, like, give it to Leah and Leah would be like, I don't even know who you are. I haven't seen you in 16 months. Like, who who are you, lady? Um, But Bentley and Macy can have this conversation because Bentley trusts Macy. You know? In a way that most of, unfortunately... Most of the kids on this show don't trust their moms. Chelsea Chelsea and Aubrey have a great relationship. Aubrey's with her every every day. Chelsea's a good mom. But I don't think Chelsea has the confidence in herself to have this kind of interaction with uh, Aubrey. Like, I mean, let's be real. Like, Chelsea is never going to say to Aubrey, well, we have to be able to do it on our own. Remember... When I was all alone before Cole came and how we got by and I was so proud of myself and, like, I relied on myself because I don't think she sees it that way. And, I mean, it, it did happen that way, but she doesn't see it that way. She just sees it as all the years suffering when she was alone before she got her fairy tale. So I think what sets Macy apart from the other moms is her, not just her relationship with Bentley, but her confidence in herself. I think Macy's a grown-up in a way that the other, a lot of the other teen moms are not grown-ups. When this show ends, Macy is still going to be a celebrity. She's still going to do the books and the TV shows and that type of stuff. But I think Macy is just, like, the most genuinely normal adult that's in this franchise. <laughs> you know what I mean? And has confidence in herself and confidence in her life. And it also goes back to, like, how I've always said that um, Macy and Taylor are, like, true partners, unlike Chelsea and Cole, and I think this all just goes back to Macy's confidence and self-esteem, and that's what puts her ahead of Chelsea, is that she has a confidence and self-esteem in herself that Chelsea just doesn't have. So, yeah, I liked the scene between Macy and Bentley. I thought it was nice, but... I just don't care about Macy going on Naked Afraid, and I don't see it as some sort of accomplishment. I think we're supposed to be, like, impressed that she's doing this, but, like, I'm not really, I'm not impressed. Like, I understand it's hard to do, and, like, I could never do it, but I don't care. <laughs> like, congrats. I think it's a weird accomplishment to have, like, why don't you just do, like, CrossFit instead and do, like, some sort of CrossFit competition? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't get it. Uh, she does tell her friend Katie that she, once again, she co-parents with Jen and Larry. Ryan still hasn't passed a drug test, and she still hasn't talked to Ryan. And we get to our final girl, which is Farah. 
And apparently, supposedly, it is Farrah's last week of Teen Mom. Now, she just gave an interview to TMZ saying that they wanted her to do stuff for the reunion, which I hope she did. And that, I don't know, she's been tweeting all week, like, that she didn't quit and she wasn't fired. But it's like, okay, you're literally suing MTV for firing you. So I'm not sure what you mean that you weren't fired. Like, that doesn't... That doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> you're suing for wrongful termination. You were fired. I swear to God, like, Farah has completely blacked out on her lawsuit. It's like it doesn't exist to her. And if I'm her lawyer, I don't think I'd be thrilled with the fact that she's repeatedly tweeting constantly and posting on her Instagram that she wasn't fired. <laughs> if I'm empty, or if I'm her lawyer, I'm like, you need to stop saying that because the the other side is going to use it in our lawsuit. <laughs> it's just so silly. So we're back at Farrah's house. The intervention music is playing. You guys know what I mean by the intervention music, right? That like dark, deep, fast paced, like do 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 like something bad is happening music. And Morgan and Farrah are outside and Morgan, you know, is saying that she needs to have compassion and understanding for the producers and Farrah lets us know that she's so compassionate and she's so understanding and that she doesn't lack respect and she actually has respect for people who respect me. Oh, classic Farrah. Farrah is completely unhinged during this conversation and not in a way that like she's yelling and screaming because Farrah's thing isn't really to yell and scream. Like it is at her mom, of course, but I can tell that's not what makes Farah like, unbearable to be around. It's her tone of voice and just, like, her complete detachment from reality. And when you're trying to have a conversation with her about, like, what is right and what is wrong, and she just will not listen to a single thing you say, it must be infuriating. You know, I once did an impression of her on the Smushroom, plug the Smushroom podcast hosted by Troy McEady. It's so fucking funny. It's about famous people who have dated, famous and not-so-famous people who have dated. You know, he goes everyone from A-listers like Pam and Tommy Lee all the way down to Z-listers like Farrah and James Dean, which was an episode that I was on. And I, like, really, truly believe this. Like, if you told Farrah the sky was blue, like, her response would be, like, the sky is green. I don't know what sky, what color the sky is in your world, but in my world, where I live with my daughter, the sky is green, okay? You can sit here and you can say the sky is blue, but that's not my reality, okay? My reality and my information is that the sky is green and that's what me and my daughter are going to think, okay? Okay, 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 okay. You can go, okay, okay. That's like, it must be so infuriating to deal with because, you know, Morgan says, well, we're running out of producers who can come to your house. And Farrah's response is, so hire new producers. I'm sure there are lots of people who want production jobs. I can't imagine how infuriating that is. Like, yeah, Farrah, I'm sure there are lots of people who want production jobs, but they're not who Viacom, MTV, and Third Street Productions has hired to work on this fucking show. And, you know, Morgan brings up the point, like, you are difficult. You are the only person we have this problem with. Like, no other 
teen mom. They have eight other teen moms. And Farrah's the only one that is firing producers. Farrah's the only one from banning people from working at our house. When Amber and Janelle are not as difficult as you, Farrah, you've got fucking problems. You know? You've got problems. Farrah insists she is not difficult. And she's like, I'm sorry. Shoot me for being who I am. And it's like, nobody is asking you to not be yourself. They're not just asking you not to be disrespectful towards people. Farrah lets Morgan know that she doesn't need any more drama, and then Morgan brings up the adult activities. Farrah said, he basically is like, you told us when you came back on the show that you weren't going to do any more porn. Now, I've said this before that I personally think MTV has a right to fire her for doing porn. Please don't come at me with, well, Maisie's doing naked and afraid, because they're not the same fucking thing, and I won't hear it. It's, it's different. And I think it's like a false, or a straw man argument. I don't think that's right. But it's like a false equivalency argument to pretend like they're the same thing. Because they're just not. So I do, I've said before, I do think MTV is within their right to fire fair for doing porn. Especially if part of her being rehired from OG was on the condition that she was no longer doing it. I screamed at the reaction that Farrah had during this was when she says, so webcams to you are adult videos? Yes, Farrah. Webcams are adult videos. I, like, she even goes, you know, there are no new celebrity sex tapes out there. Which, like, lol, we're still pretending it's a celebrity sex tape. My favorite thing in the world will always be when Farrah said... In an interview with somebody that she had a celebrity sex tape and the guy asked her who the celebrity was. <laughs> it's a porn fairy got fucked in the ass. I mean, like, it's a porn. It, it wasn't stolen from your home like you shot a professional pornography. Kim Kardashian, Pam, and Tommy Lee, like, those were celebrity sex tapes. What you did was not a celebrity sex tape. That was porn. I just could not believe that Farrah seemed genuinely surprised that Morgan Freeman considered her um, fucking herself on camera with a dildo in her ass was adult entertainment. (laughs) Because remember, guys, that's what this cam show was going to be. She did the first cam show, which she just used the dildo. Well, the free part of it was her using the the magic wand that wasn't actually turned on and she was just like rubbing it in an area that wasn't her clit. Um, But the second show, which she heavily advertised, Cam Soda heavily advertised, was going to be hashtag anal. And it was going to be Farrah fucking herself with a dildo in the ass. Like this wasn't Farrah doing like a sexy strip tease. And as I said before, like they've been pretty okay with her doing adult entertainment related things. She does strip club openings. She has the mold of her vagina for the sex toys. She sells the sex toys. She wrote the erotica books. She has done, while on Teen Mom OG, a lot of sex toy and entertainment related things. Like, you know, before she got fired, she was doing strip club appearances all the time. Like, it's not that. Lingerie lines, like, all of that stuff is okay. MTV just doesn't want her fucking herself in the ass on camera. And I can't say I blame them. So, basically, it ends with Morgan being like, okay, so you can either do porn or you can be on this show. Now, 
I think they probably should have just left it as Farrah, we can't have you around because you're a fucking nightmare. I think that would have went over better with the audience. I think it was a weird move on MTV's part to include the porn stuff. Um, I think they would have made Farrah look even crazier. This is like evil of me, but I think they would have made Farrah look even nuttier if they fired her just for being a nightmare. Farrah would have went off the wall. MTV would have looked even better. You know, Farrah would have looked worse. So I'm a little confused that they would open themselves up to that level of criticism. But I wonder if they were genuinely looking for the hot takes. You know what I mean? Like, I think they wanted a site like Jezebel to write, like, should Farrah get fired for doing porn? I think they set themselves up for the feminist takes. Um, I don't think they're really getting that because people just don't care about this show anymore. And then we get a phone call to end the episode where Farrah calls and says... Webcams are adult entertainment or safe sex, healthy sex lives are more beneficial. So I will do that regardless if I'll be on MTV or not. And basically says, uh, you'll hear from my lawyers. And we get a titled screen card that Farrah no longer wants to do Teen Mom. And a bunch of her tweets that are nonsensical and crazy. And supposedly Farrah is off OG. Now, if this episode is any, indi- any indication of this, this show can't go on. It can't go on. It won't go on. It, like, what are they going to do? Caitlin's in treatment. Even if they're filming in treatment, it's pretty boring. Amber is so fucking boring this season being pregnant with Andrew. Macy, I mean, I think we all know Macy's the worst. What show is this without Farah? I, I really feel like OG's on their last legs. I wonder if... I think they're filming now, though. I think they're still filming. So we got at least another season of it. And I am not really excited or here for it. So, yeah. I, I'm calling for OG to be canceled. Team Mom 2, play it till I'm dead. As long as Janelle's on, of course. Or what I'd really be here for is I'm combining OG and Team Mom 2 into one show. Now, oh yeah, of course they're filming for OG because we're getting Mackenzie McKee next season. Adoy, Liz, adoy. Um, I already forgot about that. I guess that could be good. I, I mean, I'm like sitting here pretending like I'm not going to watch. Even if I didn't have a podcast, I would be watching. I think we all know that. But I just am, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just... I'm unsure about how this whole thing is going to go. So I'm going to hit Young and Pregnant right after this five-second break. I'm here to say that Shen is my new queen overlord. I love Shenandoah Williams. Now, what's my number one advice when we get a new show or new characters? You need to get on Instagram, you need to get on Twitter, and you need to get in on following all of them. I'm currently following every single person I can find from Young and Pregnant. Most of them have under 3,000 followers right now. Do you hear how giddy I am over this? I love getting in on the ground floor. In the next couple episodes, someone's going to be racist. Someone's going to murder someone. 
they're going to go private. Now, get in. Follow not only the main girls. You need to follow their mothers. You need to follow their boy, their baby daddies. You need to follow their baby daddies' mothers. You need to follow their cousins. You need to be following every single person on this fucking show. If their face pops up, you got to follow them. It's, trust me, trust me. Get in on the ground floor, ladies and gentlemen. This is so important. Anyway, I loved Young and Pregnant. Playing it after the worst Teen Mom OG episode that's ever existed was such a troll by MTV. I loved it. Like, I felt, like I said, high after I watched this episode. I watched OG and I was like, fuck. Like, you guys don't, probably don't understand, like, how worrisome it is to me when an episode is terrible. And I'm like, I have to produce a podcast based on this content. Not only does it suck for me to put out what I think is subpar quality, the reality is I record a podcast every single week, like, they're going to be some subpar quality podcasts, but when the content is just not there for me to record, it's physically painful for me to do. (laughs) It just sucks. It's not fun. You know, and I understand, like, this isn't going to be fun every single time I turn on my mic, but I want it to be. So I was like, oh, God. I was like, well, I guess I have to watch Young and Pregnant. You know, I'd watched the Meet the Mom special, and I found it pretty interesting, but I wasn't, like, super into it, and I still was not planning on recapping it for this show. But I figured, what the hell? Team Mom OG, literally nothing happens, so let me stay tuned for Young and Pregnant, which, by the way... We need a shortcut for that name. Shortcut is not the right word. We need a nickname. We have OG, we have T-Mom too, but Young and Pregnant does not flow well. Now, what are some of the criticisms I'm seeing online of Young and Pregnant? I do kind of agree, like, someone like Jade, who's 21 years old, or Ashley, who's 20, turning 21, are they old for this show? Yes. But, like, for my life... Anybody who was pregnant or 20 or 21 basically was a teen mother. You know, where I'm from, like, people don't get pregnant at that age. I would say it was still shocking when someone who I went to high school with got pregnant at 24. Like, we were all shocked by it. We're like, what do you mean she's pregnant? (laughs) So 20 and 21 are still very young to me. But obviously there's a big difference between that and a 17-year-old, but it's okay. I mean, you can really see the maturity level difference, but, you know, I'm still here for it. So let's start with Brianna, who is 17. She lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and her baby daddy is uh, Danae. So surprise, Danae is trans. We find this out right away. She has a trans boyfriend. Great progressive. Love it. I really like that MTV is actually bringing diverse stories this time. You know, 16 and Pregnant has always been diverse, but Teen Mom, not so much. Brianna is the only woman of color to ever be on any of the Teen Mom franchises, which means one out of 12, which is pretty crazy because 16 and Pregnant has had quite a few women of color, but they just don't get cast for the big show. We find out Danae and Brianna have been together for three years. They live together in Chicago. But Brianna's mom got a new job, so she moved to Milwaukee, and I guess Danae moved with her? I'm a little confused about this because Danae doesn't live with them, but does he live in Milwaukee in his own apartment, but she lives with her mom? I'm a little confused by Danae's living situation in the Wisconsin versus Chicago thing. Uh, We find out that her mom 
I don't know her mom's name yet. And I was, like, trying to be careful with taking notes uh, and noticing their names. I will say there's a lot of new names to learn, which is difficult. I mean, there's one girl whose name I just cannot commit to memory, and I would like her in her entire segment to be off the show. And I'm wondering if that's why I'm not committing her name to memory. <laughs> it's Kayla, by the way. Anyway, uh, Brianna's mom just doesn't like Danae. She, is, she doesn't hate him, but apparently... And I... We under, then we understand why, because Brianna and Danae have been breaking up and getting back together for three years, and Brianna was really partying, and apparently during their last break is when she got pregnant. The bio dad doesn't want to be involved at all, but Danae wants to raise the baby with her. Brianna is 33 weeks pregnant, and she is really thankful that Danae wants to be with her, because if he wasn't there, she'd be raising him, this baby, all alone. This is when they drop what I would call a fucking bombshell. And this is when I screamed out loud, ran to the Facebook group, and declared I am 100% all in on young young and pregnant. I'm all aboard the train. Choo-choo. Is when Brianna casually mentions, you know, when I found out our baby, like, is missing a limb on his left arm, he said, what? Excuse me? (laughs) When what? So, yeah, that's... I just, <laughs> there's nothing actually shocking about somebody having a disability. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's n- not normal, obviously. That's what makes it a disability is because it's not normal. But it was just so casually said. <laughs> Brianna has a pretty monotone voice. And for her to just say, just the way she casually dropped it. And you're already, like, in this, like, not weird world, but unexpected world of, uh, Danae being trans, which is something we've never seen on Teen Mom. So you're already like, whoa, this is pretty different. And you're like listening to them explain how when they met, she had no idea Danae was trans. But when she found out, it didn't change anything. Uh, Kids today are so progressive. I love it. We, you know, we find out like she was partying. You just like you're immersed in getting like a ton of information because it's a first episode of a series. And then you find out that her baby is missing an arm and you just are so I was just like so blown away and I was like that was such a beautiful casual drop in um I just loved it by the way I think Brianna's gonna be Janelle now I don't think she's gonna be as crazy as Janelle because we all know Janelle is Janelle by the way Janelle this week released a YouTube series called off the grid which is just footage of her and David on vacation in St. Thomas, which they haven't been to in, like, over a year. So this footage must be old as shit. I think this was from before she was even pregnant with Ensley, and it's the most boring thing I've ever seen. It's just nine minutes of them, like, crawling into cement holes and riding around in golf carts. It's so silly and boring. Anyway, I have a feeling Brianna is not going to live up to being a mother. I think. I think Danae is going to dip. I think Danae is not in this for a long haul. I think Danae has no idea what he's getting into and is going to realize, you know, look, look at how easy it is for bio dads to leave. It's going to be really easy for a non-bio dad to just dip the fuck out of this kid's life. I think once it gets hard and stressful, he's going to be like, what am I doing here? Why the fuck am I living in Milwaukee? I'm going back to Chicago. Like, I'm going to go have fun and I'm going to be an 18-year-old. I don't care about this. 
So I think Danae's going to dip. I think she's going to have a really hard time having a baby with a disability. And I think her mom is going to be raising this baby as Brianna full on Janelle's. This is just my prediction. Because there has to be a Janelle, right? In the bunch. I think it's going to be Brianna. She's just a soft, a soft-spoken version. We just find out that there are issues with this relationship. They break up all the time. They get back together. They scream at each other. Danae apparently has a ton of anger. And I'm here for it. I'm here for this unconventional story. <laughs> oh, this is so interesting. So we see Brianna's friend come over and her friend calls Danae a she. And it's, it's really cute. Brianna, like, really nicely. She's like, well, I just heard you say she, and I just want you to know that uh, it's he, him pronouns. Like, he catches me doing it, too. <laughs> it was like, she was really didn't want to, like, challenge her friend, but I was like, that's amazing. Brianna is our progressive, wonderful teenage girl. Love her. I think Brianna's definitely my favorite. She's the most interesting storyline I am all on board. By the way, I really wish the show was only four-girl format. Um, I think just too too much happened. I think too much happened in this episode. Not too much happened like too much drama, but there were just too many characters. The five-girl format, I guess, is working on Team Mom 2, but it's only because we had to learn one new... We only had to learn one new girl. We didn't have to learn five new not just girls, but like entire worlds, right? We have to learn their entire worlds and it's just too much. It's just too much. So Brianna says that her mom doesn't really consider Danae to be the father, but she's trying. Brianna's mom looks my age. I'm 29. I really think I might be the same age as Brianna's mom. Like I would not be surprised if Brianna's mom had her when she was like 14. (laughs) Not because she's, like, amazing and looks so young. She just looks young. She looks like a young lady. Uh, Apparently, they're naming their baby Brayson, which I thought they were saying Grayson this whole time. And then I saw on Reddit that the baby's name was Brayson, which was a lot to handle. I really don't like the name Grayson. It's not one of my favorite names. And Brayson is an even worse version of it. We don't need to do that. You know, like Jaden, Caden, Aiden, like we don't need those anymore and we definitely don't need a Brayson. God, I'm so glad I couldn't have a baby when I was 17 and pick a name out for it. Although when I was 17, I don't know if I've discussed this on the podcast, I wanted to have a baby boy and name him Bentley after my last name. I thought if I was married and I had a new last name, it'd be a beautiful tribute to my family to be able to name my son Bentley and call him Ben or Benny. Then, a few years later, Macy stole my name. Can you believe it? (laughs) I was so mad when that happened. I was like, well, I guess I'm never doing that. I'm especially never doing it now. (laughs) Because I would look like a fucking psychopath. Because I have a Team Mom podcast. And it would be next level insane for me to name a baby. (laughs) After one of the kids on Team Mom. So her mom says that while she does notice a change in behavior in Danae, she is not quite ready to say that he can move in yet but we'll revisit it around the time that the baby is born I I think the reason I don't like the five mom format here is because I needed more detail than what we were getting in this first episode like where the fuck Danae lives 
you know, and I think that probably hit the cutting room floor because there wasn't enough time and they didn't find that to be as important. But I found that to be very important. So let's go on to Jade next. Jade is 21 years old and her baby daddy's name is Sean. She lives in Indianapolis, Indiana, much like our dear, dear friend Amber Portwood. Sean looks to be 36 years old. Did we all, do we all agree on this that Sean is a grown ass man? <laughs> because I think he is. Jade is definitely the kale of this season. She is very independent. She's a hard worker. She comes from a dysfunctional family. And you can tell she's like doing everything on her own. Although it is upsetting to see this Jade with Sean. Sean seems like a loser. He has a job for now. But apparently he gets off work where he works at a trucking company with Jade's dad. And then plays video games all night. Which is like, ugh. Poor Jade. I really like Jade. I liked watching her. I found her very compelling on TV. She was very interesting to me. Um, I think she's like captivating on TV. And I think she has a unique storyline because she has the alcoholic and addicted parents. But she's not in a kale position where she's like ready to cut them off. And she's not totally ready yet at 21 to admit how bad of parents they were. You know, she says things like, my mom has her problems, but she's still a really good mom, and that stuff didn't affect me as a kid. And I'm like, how is that possibly the reality? There's no way that your both your parents being active drug addicts didn't affect you as a kid. She said her mom was in and out of rehab and jail her whole life. It's like, how did that, what do you mean it didn't affect you? Of course it affected you. Um, she really is like in deep denial that her mom is not going to be able to help her with the baby. She has this belief that her mom is going to screw up and do whatever she does, but she's like not going to bring it around her kid, which is crazy to me. Sean agrees that it's crazy. Sean is not, he's not buying this like, well, my mom's going to do what she does, but she's not going to do it when she's around our baby. Sean's like, Yes, she will, bitch. Like, she's going to get in the car and drive drunk or high with her grandkid. And Jade's like, no, no, I don't think so. Um, Apparently, her mom also has a gambling addiction. (laughs) Because Jade casually drops, well, you know, my mom hasn't been to bingo yet, so she's probably in a bad mood. And then her mom later in the episode says she doesn't run the streets, she just goes to bingo. (laughs) Ugh. There's a, I mean imagine being a gambling addict but you're addicted to bingo like that is the deepest darkest type of gambling addiction i can imagine there's something so harmless about bingo that makes it so 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 sad (laughs) like she go like imagine going to like a bingo hall where they just like play bingo like 3 p.m on a wednesday in indiana Um, We find out, I guess her parents are together, which, you know, like, good for them for defying the odds. (laughs) But they live in an extended stay motel. They don't even have a place to live. Sean and Jade have what she calls a tiny apartment that they live together in. Jade doesn't understand why Sean just doesn't trust her parents. And this is, like, why I find Jade's storyline pretty compelling, because I think having a baby is really going to open Jade's eyes to the dysfunction of her mom and dad, 
and she's going to realize like how bad her mom and dad are and how it's not possible to be an excellent parent and also be a drug addict. I think there are some drug addicts that do right by their kids and try their hardest, but the reality is drug addiction and alcoholism are all-encompassing diseases. And it's just not... I think there are some addicts and alcoholics who will deny this, but the reality is you just cannot be a good parent if you are active in your disease. It's just not possible. I think... Uh, my parents for a long time would have denied that that was true, but once they got sober, they were like, oh yeah, we fucked up. <laughs> we did bad. I hope once her baby's born, she's able to open her eyes and see like, oh, my mom going on and in and out of prison is bad. I'm not going to go in and out of prison. I'm not going to go in and out of treatment. And that's a good thing. And my daughter won't have to experience that. And the reason I don't want my daughter to experience it is because it hurt me. Uh, we find out that her mom is very angry that Sean doesn't trust her and is promising to be there 100% for her kid. And it, I don't know, I just love watching Jade like accept it, but then also not accept it. Because to her mom, she's like, I know you'll be a good grandmother. I know you're going to be there. But then to Sean, she's like, we'll see if she comes around. You know, we'll see. We find out that her dad relapsed. He got fired from his job because he failed a drug test. And you can start to see the cracks really breaking. Jade is talking to her friend. And she's like, I don't believe anything they say. Like, I think Jade knows that if her dad's getting high, her mom's getting high. They live together in a motel. She's like, you know, but my mom isn't willing to admit it. She just doesn't believe that she is sober and... She's like, well, my mom, I don't know if she's, like, out there running around doing hard drugs, but, like, she's not sober, and she just won't tell me the truth. So, I am very excited for Jade and Jade's storyline. Yeah, she's 21. There's a world of a difference between being 17 and 21, but it is still young to have a baby. And honestly, like, her her storyline is so compelling to me, and I find her so compelling that I don't care that she is four years older than some of the girls on these shows. I think Brianna and Jade are definitely my ones to watch on this. Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.